Welcome to the Conversations with Christians Engage podcast. Hosted by Bunny Pounds, this podcast is created as part of our ministry to awaken, motivate, educate, and empower believers in Jesus Christ to pray for our nation and elected officials regularly, to vote in every election to impact our culture, and to help us engage our hearts in some form of civic education and involvement for the well-being of our nation. Please share this podcast and our ministry with your family and friends by asking them to take our pledge to pray, vote, and engage. They can take the pledge on our website at christiansengaged.org. We can all change America one heart at a time. We are here to serve you and empower you to be a leader in your community. Each week, we upload the audio recording of our weekly Psalms Bible study. This week, we covered Psalm 61. To sign up for the Bible study, visit our website at christiansengaged.org and click on the Bible study tab. Well, guys, it is Monday morning. We are in Psalm 61. I'm excited about this study today. Uh, We are going to do a few more Psalms and then a quick announcement starting the 1st of April. We're going to start going through the book of Nehemiah and we'll come back to Psalms. We're not going to forget about Psalms, but I feel like we need to take a break for 12 weeks, uh, April, May, and June and go through the book of Nehemiah and think about leadership as it relates to um, how Nehemiah lived out leadership in in a very turbulent time of rebuilding the walls of Jerusalem. So um, I'm I'm going to take this as an opportunity to teach the book of Nehemiah, write my I've been wanting to write. And um, and then we'll we're going to go back to Psalms in a little while. But we've got a couple more weeks of Psalms and I am so excited. Today we have Reverend Raphael Cruz. Um, many of y'all know his amazing story coming from Cuba. And, uh, you know, his son that he raised up to love the Constitution and love America, Senator Ted Cruz. Um, But Raphael, I love Raphael because he always speaks the truth in love. You're not going to get a half gospel with Raphael. You're going to get the full gospel and the full counsel of God every time he speaks. And we're going to be going out on the road with Christians engaged soon with what we're calling Awakening Nights. Um, city to city. So check that out on our events page. They're free events. Um, I'm just honored to even be in the room, but Raphael and I are going to be tag team speaking and inspiring people for hope for America in this moment. So Raphael, thanks for joining me this morning. It is so great to be with you, Bonnie. I'm excited. Woohoo! Well, um, I'm going to go ahead and read Psalm 61, and then I want to go ahead and get your beginning thoughts, because I know you like to preach, so, and then I'll fill up the, the end after that. So let's just check our Bibles. I'm, I'm a New King James girl, so I'm going to read in the New King James. Um, Hear my cry, O God, attend to my prayer. From the end of the earth, I will cry to you. When my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. For you have been a shelter for me, a strong tower from the enemy. I will abide in your tabernacle forever. I will trust in the shelter of your wings, Selah. For you, O God, have heard my vows. You have given me the heritage of those who fear your name. 
you will prolong the king's life, your years as many generations. He shall abide before God forever or prepare mercy and truth, which shall preserve him. So I will sing praise to your name forever that I may dwell, that I may daily perform my vows. Amen. 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 Well, you know, this is a very interesting psalm, and it's interesting how it starts. Hear my cry, O God. Doesn't it sound like desperation? You know, like people who only call on God when they're in trouble. But you know, Jeremiah 33, 3 says, call upon me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things which you know not about. And then John 27, of course, Jesus tells us, my sheep hear my voice. Isn't it great that every time we call on God, we know that we hear from him and we know his voice. And, uh, you know, he rejoices in that communion. And, and then First John 5, 14 to 15 saying, uh, this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything, anything according to his will, he hears us. And if he hears us, we know that we have the petitions that we ask in him. So we can ask in confidence. And, uh, and then Psalms 37, 4, which is such a misquoted verse, delight yourself in the Lord. And he will give you the desires of your heart. And this is not about whims. But when you really commune with him and you're delighting in his presence. You know, Psalm 1611 says that in his presence there is fullness of joy. Delights forevermore at his right hand. When we are delighting in him, his desires become our desires. And then, of course, they will come to pass. You know, and I like the way the New Living Translation translates the beginning. He says, lead me on from the, in verse 2, from the ends of the earth, I will cry to you when my heart is overwhelmed. But I want to pause here for a minute. Why is your heart overwhelmed? Think of yourself. Why do you come to God with an overwhelmed heart if you know that he hears you all the time? If you know that he's with, he's with you, why are you overwhelmed? Why are you overwhelmed by your circumstances? You know, I hear people telling me when I ask him, how are you doing? And their answer is, well, under the circumstances. And my question to them is that, what are you doing under there? What are you doing under the circumstances? You're supposed to be above the circumstances. So... You know, we, we don't need to be overwhelmed. And then this verse 2 concludes by saying, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. I like how the New Living Translation says it. It says, lead me to the towering rock of safety. Wow. Psalm 18.2 says, the Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my strength. He's everything you need. So you don't need to be overwhelmed in whom I will trust my buckler and the horn of my salvation and my high tower. You know, uh, we can just uh, trust in him. He is for us. And if he's for us, who can be against us? And verse three says, for you have been a shelter for me 
a strong tower from the enemy. You know, I love Psalms 91. Psalms 91 is in, in, in one of my favorite Psalms. He who dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he's my refuge, my fortress, my God, in him will I trust. You know, but do we need to go beyond Psalms 57 verse 1? That's where a lot of people live. Psalms 57 verse 1 says, in the shadow of your wings, I will make my refuge until these calamities are passed. You know, so many people have the attitude about God. Don't call me, I'll call you. And so, you know, my definition of a refuge is a place where you run when you're in trouble. And that's what Psalms 57 is about. I remember one time that I was at a meeting and this, there, there, it was after a, a, a big calamity had happened in, in, in uh, Dallas. It was a, a tornado that, 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 that destroyed Dallas. And my, the speaker before me quoted Psalms 57.1. You know, and again, I'm going to read it again. Because uh, it says, in the shadow of your wings, I will make my refuge until these calamities pass. In other words, we only go to him when we're in trouble. But you know something? We need to graduate from Psalms 57.1 to Psalms 91 verse 9, which says, because you have made the Lord who is your refuge, even the most high, your habitation. We need to look at God not as a refuge where we run in time of trouble, but as our dwelling place our habitation, the place where abide constantly. Because there is where the joy is. There is what, where that intimate communion is. God longs for us to stop just seeing him as a refuge and seeing him as our habitation. Oh, I love to be in the presence of the Lord and just just bask in his presence and let his glory just fill me from top to bottom. There is joy in the presence of the Lord, but isn't there? Yes. And verse four says, I will abide in your tabernacle forever. I will trust in the shelter of your wings. You know, think of that word forever. I'll tell you, we are not only inheritors of eternal life, we are living in eternal life. We already, those who know Christ, we have already entered in eternal life. And you know something? There are no idle words in the Bible. After this verse 4, there's this little word, sila, which means pause. What is God telling us? Hey, it stops. Slow down and meditate upon what you have read. Just, just, just meditate on eternity, which he just talked about. Meditate about the fact that, that we are embarking in a, in a quest and in a journey that lasts forever. And forever we are in his presence and his goodness manifests in and through us. And so that sila is there for a purpose. Don't rush through this thing. Look at me, meditate on me, and rejoice in the revelation that you receive from me. 
And, you know, he says that he will abide in forever. You know, John 15, 7 says, if you abide in me, this is if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. Again, go back to Psalms 37, verse 4. When you abide in him, his desires are your desires. So, but you know, let's look at the beginning again. It says, if you abide in me and my words abide in you. You know, I love to quote John 1, 1, 2, and 14. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father. Those three verses mean that the Bible and Jesus are one in the same. So we need to abide in his word. We need to be hungry for his word and eat his word. You know, I encourage Christians all the time. We tithe our money. It is time we tithe our time and give the Lord at least 2.4 hours a day. Wouldn't it be wonderful if every Christian tithe their time to the Lord and instead of one-minute prayers in the morning as you rush, go through the McDonald's, uh, drive in to get a cup of coffee or through Starbucks, and on your way to work, if you gave the Lord 2.4 hours and tithe your time to the Lord, I encourage you to do it. When I started doing that, my Christian life changed dramatically, dramatically, because his presence abided with me the rest of the day. And so start your day by communing with him. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Verse 5. For you, O God, have heard my vows. You have given me the heritage of those who hear to fear your name. You know that word heritage is such a beautiful name. If you think about it, Romans 8, 16 and 17, the word of God says, the spirit himself bears witness with our spirits that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with, the, with Christ. If indeed we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. That means you and I are heirs of God. We are joint heirs with Jesus Christ. We are his children. And so we are in the family of God. This is something to rejoice, not only in the presence of God, but with one another. You are my sister. I am your brother. And we need to rejoice with one another that we are forever in the family of God. And, uh, you know, I like verses 3 and 5 in the message translation. It says, you have always given me breathing room, a place to get away from it all. A lifetime pass to your safe house. Listen to that. A lifetime pass to your safe house. You can go to that hab habitation anytime you want. Make it a habitation, not a shelter. An open invitation to be your guest. Make mm. you always taking me seriously, God. Made me welcome among those who know and love you. All right, let's look at verses six and seven. 
you will prolong the king's life. His years, as many generations, he shall abide before God forever. King Jesus is forever at the right hand of the Father, making intercession for you and I. And we too will spend an eternity in his presence, uh, just worshiping him. That this is our inheritance forever. And verse 7 that continues, all prepare mercy and truth, which may preserve him. You know, that word mercy is my favorite word in the Hebrew language. It's the word chesed. And chesed means unconditional covenant love. God loves you so much. As a matter of fact, 1 John 4, 16 says that God is love. The very nature of God is his love. And Hesed talks about an unconditional covenant love. We are in an everlasting covenant with him, sealed by the precious blood of Jesus. And I like Isaiah 49, uh, 6, or where, uh, 49, 14, where God says, Jesus says, I have you engraved in the palms of my hands. And Jesus is looking at those holes in his hands and saying, oh, Bunny, I love you. I did this for you. It is yes. a reminder that he did it for us. And we are going to be in his presence forever. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Ooh, I love it. Verse 8 continues that I may daily perform my vows. And this is an area where we need to be careful because we can enter into faith plus works with Galatians, Paul starts that if you start talking about faith plus works, you're talking about another gospel. That's not the gospel of grace. And actually what verse eight, the finishing eight, verse eight is really the fulfillment of Ephesians 2.10. We, we all know Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. For by grace are you saved through faith. It is a gift of God, not of yourself, not of works, that anyone should boast. But then verse 10 says, for we are his workmanship, created unto good works that he has prepared beforehand for us. So Ephesians 2.10 says, because you are a new creation, because you are in Christ, now you do good works, not to earn favor with God. Because his favor, his mercy, his chesed is ever more with us. But we do good works as a gratitude of who he is. As a normal outcome of who we are in him. So the good works, those vows, are just a manifestation of our new creation and our intimate relationship with Jesus. To him be all the glory and all the praise forever. Hallelujah. Well, I love that. I love that, Raphael. You know, I got settled in on this um, chapter being, it really is the whole whole plan of salvation and the power of us knowing him, right? Amen. So, you know, when we cry out to God, it says, you know, when I cry out to God, hear my cry, oh God, attend to my prayer from the ends of the earth, I will cry to you. When we cry out to him, that is actually, in putting our faith in Jesus, that brings salvation. 
Because and you know, God brings me he always answers. He always, he always answers. And he becomes our shelter. And then he becomes our tabernacle. And then he becomes our heritage. And I, I really saw that as the growth. You know, sometimes baby believers, as you pointed out, we just run to God when we need something, right? But the beauty of the Christian walk is getting to know him and him becoming our tabernacle. And that's um, your navigation. He, that's your yeah, navigation. Yeah, he becomes. That's what talks about. Exactly. We become, we, we find that he is our habitation and then we find out that he's truly our heritage. Amen. And so many times we think in this life, um, you know, we think of the, the sweet by and by, we think of this worship thing that we're going to do in heaven, right? And what this Psalm is really calling us to is to live eternal life now. Um, you know, Bonnie, what destined for the throne and in that book Paul Wilheimer says that our walk here on earth is training for eternity training for eternity and we're going to be worshiping forever so we better start training yes. right now exactly and so John 17 3 says this is eternal life that they may know you the only true God and Jesus Christ who you have sent. Amen. Amen. So, you know, eternal life is not some, you know, again, David was the king here and he found out that truly life comes from abiding in him, finding God in his tabernacle, right? And you that's something, true. You know something, Bonnie? When, when, in that, what you just quoted, that I may know him. That word know in the Greek is a word ginosko. And it talks about an intimate communion with him. It's not head knowledge. It's an intimate communion with him. Yes. So, you know, abiding and trusting in him. And I was also thinking about the story where Jesus, you know, where Peter uh, find, he he actually declares out of his heart. He has a revelation from God, right? That he that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the Living God, right? And in Matthew sixteen, Jesus turned around and said, "You know, hey Simon Bar Jonah, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who's in heaven. And I say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it." Now, I don't know about y'all, if you've analyzed that scripture at all, but I guarantee you that the rock of, of salvation was not found in flesh and blood, Peter, but it was the revelation of the truth that was given to Peter that Jesus was the Christ and that he could rest on that rock. And, and so you know Psalm 61 is talking about that rock, the revelation of Jesus and us putting our life and our hope and faith in that rock, right? Yeah, and you know something, in that particular verse where it says, upon this rock, the declaration of Peter, I will build my church, my ecclesia, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. That is not a passive statement. That's an offensive statement. We storm the gates of hell. We kick down the gates of hell because we are more than overcomers in Christ Jesus. That is so good. And so we go from this passive, you know, waiting to the sweet by and by to this, I'm going to, like uh, Reverend Cruz just said, you know, spending time with God, learning to have communion with him, learning to abide in him now. Why are we waiting for heaven 
to get close to God, right? No, I mean, we should be in that eternal life. We're in that eternal life, which is knowing him now. Um, And we just get to carry that on when we take our last breath. You know, uh, the apostle Paul said, you know, hey, to, to live as Christ, to die is gain, right? Nothing really changes in my state other than I'm with him um, face to face, right? And I don't know about y'all, but John 14 through 17 is some of my favorite parts of scripture because in red letters, Jesus is teaching us how to abide in him and really teaching us how to walk with him. And that's what this Psalm is saying. You know, then we hit verse eight says, I will sing praise to your name forever, forever and ever and ever. What an incredible promise that, um, you know, if we rest on the truth and the rock of who Christ is, that we will sing his praise of his name forever. And that's what we're doing this week. Yeah, we're we're starting right now to do that, right? So, um, Raphael, will you just, as we're closing out here the last five minutes, will you just uh, lead us in prayer and just pray that all of our heart postures come to that place where we just want to know him and we want to commune with him forever. Father, Lord God, we bless you. We exalt you. We glorify you, Father. We thank you, Lord God, for that love that brought your son, Jesus Christ, to come upon this earth, to go to a cross and shed his blood on our behalf, Father. That was just a manifestation of your love for us, Father. And I thank you, Lord God, that he went through death, the grave, and hell to pay for our sins. And the proof positive that the payment was complete was that you raised him from the dead. And because of that, we can live forever in your presence, in your fullness. Father, Lord God, I pray that you give everyone in this call, Father, a revelation of who you are and a revelation on who we are in you, Father, and that you have created us to have intimate communion with you. Let your glory so overwhelm us, Father. So fill us every pore of our life, Father. Lord God, that your Shekinah glory will just shine from us and others will see Christ in us, the hope of glory. And Father, I know that that glory will be manifested in and through us when we have spent time with you, when we have changed from just running to you as our shelter to your becoming our habitation. Oh, Father, give us a hunger for you. Give us a hunger to commune with you, to be in your presence and to walk forward as uh, an extension of you, that we may touch those who are hurting, those who are lonely, those who are longing to you, Father. May you anoint our lips, that your words will come like a sword to touch their hearts and bring them into a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Father, I thank you for Bunny Pounds. I thank you for Christians Engaged, and I thank you for the vision of this ministry. And I thank you, Lord God, that in trying to make people aware of our responsibilities, the greater purpose is being fulfilled in that many 
Many are being touched for the cause of Christ. Many are coming to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Let it all be to your glory, Father. I speak blessings upon Bunny, upon everyone involved in Christians engaged. And Lord God, I know that the best days are still ahead. And you will use this ministry to touch every heart in America. That America will become again that shining city on a hill to your glory, that Jesus Christ will again become the king and the master of this nation, and that everyone will look to you, the author and finisher of our faith, to your glory. In the name of Jesus, amen. Yes. Amen. Lord, I just bless Raphael, God, and I thank you, Lord, that the best days are ahead. God, even as he's sharing with us today, God, your glory is touching people's lives and your and the, your presence is, um, is awakening people, Lord, to the nearness of your presence. And Lord, teach us, teach us in this day, Lord, to abide in you. Lord, it, it, nothing else matters than to know you and the power of your res resurrection. So Lord, we just thank you for um, completely uh, breaking through all of the pain, all of the ups and downs of feelings, all of the anxiety. And God, bring us into the truth that you're, you are the rock that we can, we can hold and we can stand on, God, in this hour. Lord, we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Well, this has been, this is a great blessing, guys. Um, thank y'all for everybody to, that joined us today. I'm so excited. Well, we had some new people joining us today, and uh, we're streaming this on, on Facebook and YouTube as well. So um, we, we do this every Monday, every Monday morning um, at, at uh, 8.30. We're hanging out with the Word of God. And our heart here is to simply call you to prayer and meditation in the Word because there's nothing else that matters. Uh, my, one of my favorite stories, as you know, is about Dietrich Bonhoeffer. Um, and in the early 1920s, he had a seminary of young Bible school students, and he taught them how to meditate on the Psalms and meditate on the Word of God. And it was those seminary students that 20 years later, when Hitler came over and said, the Church of Germany must do this and this and that, um, they were the ones that stood up and had the boldness because they knew how to hear from God out of the scriptures, right? They knew how to commune with God and to hear truth, and they weren't being deceived by what was happening in the culture. It is imperative for us right now to, to be those people that dig deep wells and dive deep into prayer, worship, and the word of God. And so um, we're excited about continuing to facilitate that. And this is just one of those things that we do. And Raphael, thanks for joining me today. It was so fun. Great to be with you. I just speak blessings over you and the whole ministry of Christians Engaged. Woohoo! So you guys check out um, when Raphael and I are going to be on the road. And we're, we're doing a whole bunch of meetings this year. Not all of them on the schedule yet. But um, I'm so excited to get to share hope um, in a time right now where we are like, what is happening, right? <laughs> you know, there's a lot of angst. Um, there's a lot of hopelessness. We want to give you your marching orders. The marching orders is, is pray, vote, and engage Man. and dive deep into God. And so I know Raphael is going to come with a message of awakening. 
But our heart really is to see America wake up in this moment and give us the tools as believers and leaders to bring people along on that journey and give them hope. Now's not the time to be downtrodden. Now is the time to get our, our second wind and get ready for God to move in a great way in this country. So anyway, we'll see you guys on the road. Check that out at our events page and we will see you soon. Blessings, everybody. God bless. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Conversations with Christians Engaged. Please subscribe to this podcast so you don't ever miss an episode. Also, please review it and share it with your friends. The easiest way to connect with us is to take the pledge on our website at christiansengage.org. There you can sign up for our weekly prayer text, our bi-weekly emails, and our voting reminders. Christians Engaged is supported by individuals just like you. Would you consider helping us with a monthly donation or a one-time gift? You can do that quickly at christiansengaged.org. What does America need in this hour? America needs you. We are here to serve you and encourage you as you impact your communities. Let's be Christians Engaged for the well-being of our nation.